Traveling the Vortex. We've joined the Doctor as she travels the Vortex and arrived at episode number 459, and we're changing our podcast name. <laughs> we're going to be now known as Three Idiots Roaming. I'm Keith. I'm Sean. I'm Glenn. How are you guys? I'm an idiot roaming. <laughs> Pretty we're, good. We're not actually going places. We're talking about our cell signal. <laughs> <laughs> we're all in roaming in Sean's basement. It's a very boring podcast. <laughs> <laughs> you have any bars yet? Nope. Nope. <laughs> Can you hear me now? Nope. nope. <laughs> Do you guys have a good week? If this was a Super Bowl ad, it'd be, it doesn't work in the basement. (laughs) (laughs) It'd be the opposite of that one. (laughs) Yeah, it was a good week. Chiefs won. Yeah. Congratulations to them. Yes. First Super Bowl in 50 years. It's pretty impressive. It's impressive. It was a good game, too. Yeah, they played a really good game. I mean, it was from both sides. (laughs) 49ers played a good game. Chiefs played a good game. All around, it was a good game. And you know the absolute best thing about it? The Patriots weren't in it. (laughs) (laughs) That's right. But Tom Brady had a commercial, didn't he? Wasn't that who that was in that Hulu commercial? I guess I missed that one. Was that who that was? I, I think that's who that was. There were several commercials where people that I kind of felt like I was expected to know who they were showed up, and I didn't know who they were. <laughs> oh, I didn't. It wasn't until I got to the end of that one commercial that I realized that was Molly Ringwald. <laughs> it's like, oh. <laughs> huh. Now, the best cur- commercial of the night was Jeep. Was the Groundhog, the Groundhog, Groundhog Day? Day? Yeah, that was that was my winner. Yeah. I had actually I had actually seen that before um, the Super Bowl. I though. saw it leak earlier. In the yeah, day. well, I, I don't know it's been it playing on posted, it's been playing on front of videos on YouTube uh, all weekend. So the uh, the updated Walmart come get your groceries yeah, one like, was a close second. I like that one too. They must have spent a fortune licensing all those properties. So that was yeah, that was good. They, they had, some, had the money to spend. They had some fun ones. I didn't think there were some that were a bit stupid, but you know they always have those few. But I, I thought overall the quality of the commercials were, was pretty decent this year. So it wasn't as many clunkers. The Snickers hole. <laughs> <laughs> it's already working. Huh. Uh, did you guys do anything else? Not really. We got Jim a, a toddler bed, so we put that together Saturday and. How's that working? It's some rearranging. All right, so far the bedtime routine hasn't really changed, but she's sleeping in it, so. Oh, that's good. Hopefully that means it'll change the bedtime routine, so she goes and lays down in her bed and goes to sleep. But yeah. it's going to be a gradual process. She likes it a lot, though. She likes going and laying down and pretending to go to sleep, and then waking up and <laughs> yawning, and <laughs> it's a great play thing right now. Baby steps to the elevator. Baby yep. steps to the car. We watched uh, all three and a half hours of The Irishman. Mm. How was it? Um, it's good. It's very signature Scorsese. And it is, honestly, it's kind of a different mob story than I think has been told before and certainly what he's done before, which was kind of cool. 
it does not need to be three and a half hours. It's not that it's not enjoyable. It just kind of moves at its own pace. And, I mean, we were watching it and kind of getting into the evening and getting into the night. And then it felt like we were four or five hours in. And I went and, you know, Mel was getting tired. And I was like, okay, where are we at? Oh, we've still got another hour to go on this thing. So we, we broke it into two parts. But but it was good. I don't think it's going to win the Oscar. I think it peaked too early. Yeah. The length could have. Sean didn't watch anything else because that was three and a half hours. <laughs> yeah, that was, that was kind of the entirety of my uh, movie consumption. Did you watch anything, Keith? I did not. Well, finished The Good Place because it... Oh. The finale was on Thursday. I cannot sing that that show's praises high enough. It's such so good, and it's been good throughout the entire run. It's definitely worth watching if you have not seen. It's one of those that is such a rarity because we we tend to discuss shows that were really good but died before their time. Mm-hmm. And you know, th- there's a dozen of those. And for every one of those, there's at least a dozen more of the shows that were really good, but then probably stuck around a little too long or failed to stick the landing, and we kind of go, eh, all right, glad that's over and done with. And then there's this this perfect spot in the middle where the good place falls. <laughs> and it's consistently good and surprising and funny and engaging. And thought-provoking. Thought-provoking. Every episode, you're wondering, where, where are they going with this? What are they going to do next? How are they going to get out of this? And then it, I'm, I'm very, very sad to see it go, but it ends in a beautiful and perfect way right when it needed to. Yeah. And it just, I'm, I'm right there with you. I cannot say enough good about it. Definitely worth I, watching. I, I've, I've seen the entire first season and the first three of the second season. My problem is I watched the first three s- episodes when it first started of, of, of the first season. And I, and I was, it, it didn't, I didn't. When that I just didn't. It was funny. It was good, but it just I thought this is there's not really my thing. And everybody raved about it, raved about it, raved about it. So I went back and I started watching from four on, and I I stuck with it. And I thought, oh, this is really good. This is great. And then of course when they got to the end of <laughs> series one, and I went, well, where are they gonna go with this? And so I started watching. And then the same thing happened with series two. Is I watched the first three episodes, and I was like, this is kind of boring. They aren't doing anything. So. I, I need to go back you and stuff. It's, the, I, I, I have no doubt, because the first series, I enjoyed it so much, I have no doubt that, but I disagree crazy. with Sean's statement that every episode, because there's obviously some lulls for me. I felt the same way uh, at the very beginning, because I don't you think get it was past probably episode and... four or five that I really latched onto it. But then going back, it was like, yeah, that was the perfect setup for what comes later. And the, Oh, I agree. The, the, the second but... half... Or the uh, well, yeah. I mean, the first couple of episodes of season because when you get to that dun 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 moment at the end of season one, you're like, "Oh, where do you go from here? How are you possibly going to do this? Are you just going to, you know?" And then it feels very much like, "Oh, that's well, okay. I guess we're going to." But then they don't, and it's right at about the fourth episode in season yeah. two that all of a sudden they throw you that curveball. Yeah, and then I, the curveballs just keep. coming. I have absolutely so. no doubt that I will enjoy it once I get, but I just I stalled out again because I got those three or four episodes that I was like, hey, this is I'm bored it's, again. It's one of those things where it's all setting up things for. Yeah. So right when you look back at it, you go, oh, that's why we did this. Oh, I know. Yeah. I, I from the experience from the first season, I know that's why they're doing that. But unfortunately, I get into those lulls, and then and it's not for 
like I was like, okay, I'm done for a while. It was a, I watched, I got three episodes in and then because I wasn't captivated, I wasn't pushed to go watch another one. And uh, so then I would forget that I was watching it and then it'd be months later and I'm like, oh crap, I should go back and start watching <laughs> the good, good plays again. So that's what's happened is yeah. it's, it's not because I thought, oh, this is really boring. I'm going to, I'm going to give it up. It was a, oh, I have forgotten because I wasn't yeah. as excited about watching them. I usually when I get into them and I start, you know, kind of mainlining, I'm doing three or four episodes in, in a setting, which it's nice that you can do sitcoms that way because, you know, you get an hour and a half in and you've already watched three episodes. Um, and so when I do that, but, yeah, when I, I do, when sometimes I'll hit a wall and I'll go, oh, I'll just watch more of this later and then I forget to watch it. I so. do have to say I think it wasn't until season three that it really became the top of my list of I got to make sure I watch it each week. There would be some weeks because I, I didn't mainline any of it. I watched it as it aired. And some of it was, okay, that'll be kind of in the middle of the pack of when I get to it, I'll get to it, but I'm going to make sure I get to it. But then once it gets to a certain point, it becomes, I got to make sure I get to this quickly because it's so good. I sort of have to mainline them or I forget to watch a week and then I'm getting two <laughs> or three behind then and I, get, I go, oh, I'm so far behind now, I'll give up. <laughs> it uh, Maybe for us it was um, because it's... Uh, it was kind of a palate cleanser in a way because we were watching a lot of heavy hour-long drama. You so know. you just so, so you're watching all of a sudden the good place was stuck in the middle of it. It's like, oh, okay, cool. Yeah. Which in my, uh, yeah, but that's still a heavy sitcom. I mean, yeah, the, the, the subject matter, a lot of it, it was talking of just it's a sitcom about philosophy, and when you break it down, I mean, yeah. <laughs> that's not really light material either. They balance it with you know toilet humor, but. <laughs> And then Jason will show up and do something. <laughs> but then he's also sometimes profound, too. So. Yeah. That's what was great about it. It balanced the toilet humor with the the depth. I'm really going to miss that show. Yeah. But. I didn't really watch any of this thing this week, but I've been on a Star Wars kick. So back into the uh, canon stuff. I've been reading a bunch of the um, comics from the... Uh, prequel era with like the age of republic uh books the first couple of those um and then i'm reading queen's shadow now so which is a young adult novel uh surrounding uh prince or not princess queen amidala so although she's not queen anymore <laughs> former queen amidala. former queen amidala at this point have the, have the comics been pretty good yeah i've been well uh, yes and no I, I i quite enjoyed um the age of the two age of or three age of republics that I read Qui Gon Jinn, Darth Maul, and Obi Wan. Those are all one off, you know, just one story each. Mm. Um, I really enjoyed the Darth Maul five issue series that they did. Uh, the one that I didn't like was the Obi Wan and Anakin. I thought they it spends a lot of time spinning its wheels, and Anakin it's it it throws you into. They're on their way to a mission, and Anakin is already thinking about leaving the order. And so you're kind of like, did I miss something? Is they they act like they've been talking about this for a while, and then it flashes. It so it does a series of flashbacks uh. to set that story up as well. And I think that I, I, the way they do it, I think I understand why they did it that way. But structurally, it doesn't quite gel. It doesn't quite work. Um, at the same time. They they've got this present time, you know, present day or present time mention uh, mission happening that 
I think really fizzles and doesn't really go anywhere. You have no mm-hmm. sympathy for the people that they're helping or not helping, and it just it, it's it's really weak. So that's been so far my. It has some cool ideas. Favorite. I agree. It, it I agree does. With you about it the does. Structure being flawed, um, and I thought I thought the mission was honestly far more interesting than what Anakin was that's complaining about. But even it was not all that. Great. That's the problem. Is I think that if they had focused more on that telling that story of the mission, they could have made that better. But it seems to suffer from the fact that they're doing this dual narrative. Yeah, and so they don't really push the the mission that they're. It's almost like. The people become expendable characters for the sake of telling this story. Yeah, they're just pawns yeah. to be moved around. That's about it. That's about all I did. You, uh, you have the the Vader comics. Uh, yeah. Uh, well, uh, yeah. The, they're right now they're free on uh, Kindle Unlimited. So read the Vader comics. Yeah, I've I've read the first five. I think there's several series of that in there. I think I first th- I think I read the first the volume one collection, which was the first five sort of stories, which I enjoyed. That that I did last year. So hmm. I'm just, I'm kind of as I was telling Keith before the podcast, I'm, I've kind of gone back and decided to do things kind of linearly. Not not I may jump around later, but right now I'm kind of focused uh, on prequel era stuff because I'm trying to get a lot of that done before Clone Wars. Not not because you know there's a lot of backstory I need. Gotcha. It's just I'm kind of I'm kind of reveling in that era, and I'm going to kind of get all that stuff out of the way before the, the Clone Wars series seven comes out. So I feel like I need to read the Kane and the Last Padawan before I go any further into Rebels. For yeah, I, I haven't reasons. read that. That uh, I'm actually I'm getting ready to start the last season of Rebels too. I forgot I had uh, oh. caught up on that. So. That's what's the well. That's not true. I have two more episodes in in series, uh, season three, so it's the two part finale. The one that I just finished was the Obi Wan Maul one, which was <laughs> man, yeah, so, it's probably one of the oh, best episodes of the entire series. So emotional, so good. Uh, yeah, there's not a lot, there's not a lot to it, but no. emotionally, there's a lot of substance to yeah, it. Oh, yeah. So good. Okay, I'm done. Yeah. <laughs> that was really good. Man, that was really good. It's, yeah, you need, I'll tell you, Rebels is one of those series, though, that I don't think it really picks up until the middle of Series 2. The yeah, first I series feels like, hey, this is a fun uh, Star Wars series with, you know, so, some cool characters. You know, the coolest thing about Rebels, though, is they have brought concept art that Ralph McQuarrie <laughs> did and made them characters in the series. So, like, Zeb is the concept art for Chewbacca, the original's right. concept mm-hmm. art. For his design is. In Series 3, they have these assassin droids that is the original concept art for C-3PO, you know, the kind of the, oh, the, the Metropolis yeah. droid. Mm-hmm. Um, they, they bring, you know, the uh, we've talked about this before, the Rebel Transport, which was a toy that was not in anything before. The fir- Its first appearance was in Rebels, and, of course, it's been in uh, uh, The Mandalorian as well, but... When it showed up, and, and I went, they finally put this toy on screen. <laughs> <laughs> this is brilliant. So, it, was, yeah. it wasn't even in any uh, It hasn't been in. It, is, it has not been anything. on any. No, it wasn't on any anything that's been on television. This was its first. Of course, droids had a whole slew of, yeah, that's not even a thing, but now right, it's a toy. Right, <laughs> right, exactly. Anyway, well, that's, <laughs> that's what droids was for, was, was uh, you to, know, make to, make, to sell toys, make, yeah. make and sell more toys, so. 
Yeah, that, uh, so high praise for Rebels as far as, but uh, as far as it becoming a very good series, it, it, it doesn't do, really it, take off until season two. Yeah, see, yeah, middle of season two even, I think. I think early on with what they do, um, introducing some char- new, some old characters. Well, that's just it. It becomes very nostalgic for the first part of the series. And then it becomes very, you, then you become very engaged from about yeah. mid-season on yeah, with, yeah. with what's happening. So I would agree there. The I'd, plot really picks up. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. By the way, Disney Plus, if you wanted to add uh, droids and Ewoks to the service anytime now, would, would well, I think they could do it and just, you know, brand it Legends, you know, just make sure people understand the kids that are watching it. That the, of course, those particular stories don't don't contradict anything <laughs> in, from either series. They are so they're just far yes. out there. Yes. <laughs> I watch, or I, I, yeah, I watch these videos called Caravan of Garbage. Actually, uh, it's, <laughs> it's, uh, uh, Mr. Sunday Movies is the YouTube channel. And they do what's called Caravan of Garbage. And every once in a while, they do, um, one of the guys on there is huge into Star Wars. And, uh, they've done a few of the droids cartoons, but they will, they have pointed to a lot of stuff from the, droid series that they really seriously believe was influences for uh the new the prequel series or the uh no, the, the sequel series the sequel trilogy and they point to um a character a very ray like character in one of the early episodes of of droids they, of course they've got kaibo ren is one of the characters in droids which is not any anything at all similar <laughs> other than in, in name i'd forgotten about to that. yeah there's a kaibo ren and, and of course, we've got Kylo Ren, and then uh, there was one other thing, and I I sure wish I could remember what it was, but uh, it was another thing that they said. You know, that's very much like uh, the new series of movies, and so they're 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 convinced that that a lot of the guys working on the new you know the production crew for the the sequel series was sequel trilogy were, were fans of droids. Hmm. It got a lot of inspiration from that. Well, who wasn't a fan of droids? I mean, no, yeah, I love droids. I was that was that was my Star Wars fix when I was a little kid. Mm, yeah, and that theme song. <laughs> <laughs> I love the theme song. You got a, you got a theme song by a member of the Police. I mean, come on. <laughs> All right, we've talked far too much about Star Wars. <laughs> this is the Doctor Who podcast. Maybe we should move on to news. Thus ends three idiots traveling, roaming, <laughs> roaming, roaming. Now we move on to the traveling section of the <laughs> podcast. Uh, Hero Collector, uh, who designs and puts out a variety of collectibles, is making some Doctor Who baking sets. Sir, there are three different sets you can bit buy or that will be coming out: a TARDIS and. Cook Dalek cookie set. So these are officially branded. The, you get a cookie cutter of each, a Who themed apron, and then a, a recipe slash icing book. There's going to be a, a one that's called Tea Time Lord set, which is cookie cutters of 10, 11, 12, and 13, plus a tea towel, and then a Monsters Cookie Set, where you get cookie cutters for Cybermen, Santaras, Weeping Angels, and The Silence, plus a tea towel. That's all the news we got this week. 
So I'm imagining. <laughs> We're going to talk about this, aren't we? I sincerely hope. For, for those of for, you who for, have made for those of you who are fans of Bake Off and Doctor Who, your I worlds sin- collide. I, I sincerely. Yeah, hope. no, there's a, there's a market. Don't get me wrong. I'm not putting that down. I just I it, it I have absolutely no interest in that kind of thing. And so I thought, okay, we'll we'll talk about this bit of news and those people that are excited about that kind of thing. Can we get excited about that? We'll move on. Sean's launching into some discussion here, so let's see where this goes. They're cute too. Does it show them? Yeah, because I can, I can only imagine that for those of you who have made sugar cookies, that these are the the, the the red and green plastic ones that aren't all that deep, but it's because they've got the uh, outline impression on the inside of the cookie. Yeah, okay, so that's good because for a moment I thought you. It's were... It's funny you said red and green, but it's because the you think of the Christmas ones. Well, that's the only time I made yeah. sugar cookies. <laughs> um, but yeah, versus the metal, it's just the outline of you know, whatever shape you're going to do. Oh, no, this gives an end. And those kind of suck because they never... The outline you know, ones? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, oh, look, it's an angel. Or it's a blob after it's done baking. <laughs> <laughs> so when you started to say the 9th, 10th, 11th, it was like, uh, how are they? <laughs> oh, it must be the other ones. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah. I'm glad to know that. I, I don't think that... Um, uh, guess what you guys are getting for Christmas next year? <laughs> if you're looking for a Christmas gift for me, I, I don't make cookies <laughs> that often. And, in fact, Mel and I have kind of sworn off of them. Too bad. This is the indent ones. You're getting them. Why <laughs> should you get an apron and or a tea towel? And or? I don't get them both? Well, it depends on what set you buy. Oh, I see. I see. Well, you're getting all the sets. Both of you get all three ball, sets. All three sets. Multiple tea towels. No price point. Coming spring, summer, 2020. I'll probably be eating my words. I'll spend a hundred dollars on <laughs> gifts next year. You will definitely be eating your words because if you buy them, I will be compelled to make cookies. Hey, oh, that'd be <laughs> all right. Reason for Linda Baker. That'd be all right. I'll buy them. That might be worth the purchase then. We totally. We. We. That's going to be a great thing. It'll be a. You know, family. We'll get the grandkids together. Three idiots cooking. (laughs) Then it just becomes a nah, and then you got that bowl full of dough in the fridge that's left over, and you just this wasn't fun, and nobody wants to ice them. And think you're making cookies wrong. I've never had leftover dough. Have you ever done it with grandkids? No, done it with a two year old. That's 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 where the leftover. Yeah, as I say, I've done it with young kids though. Yeah. No, because I after they're done and they've burned out on it, I set it there and finish up yeah. the dough. <laughs> we just, in fact, we got to the point where we 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 had the first batches done and baked and all set aside and then put them in a ziploc because nobody wanted to ice. We were all kind of at each other's throats at that point. <laughs> and then a couple of days went. No by. No wonder you've hung it up. <laughs> a couple of days went by and Mel and I even threw the cookies out. We were just like, yeah, we're not even gonna. I don't need them. Oh wow. But thank you for the lovely gift. Sean's <laughs> getting a gift card now. <laughs> Wait, uh, you mean all I have to do is tell some horror story? <laughs> all right, what do we got for feedback? I guess there is one other bit of news I just oh. came across. Okay. Or slash remembered. Of Cor- course there is. I've already moved on. A, of course uh, there's another piece of news. Is it a cake baking pan? No. <laughs> An actor from series 12 will be at Kansas City Planet Comic Con, Spencer Wilding. Oh yeah, is coming oh, back. Yeah, I, I saw that. Friend of the show, Spencer Wilding. Yeah. Who, of course, played main drag or whatever drag leader. 
yeah. in that great episode. We got. I can finally get him to sign a Darth Vader too now. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> this is the last time we saw him, he was he couldn't tell us that. Yeah. All right, That's now let's move on this. to feedback. First up is Jamie. Jamie writes, Series 12, Episode 5. Okay, Vortexers, here it is, the halfway point. Let's start with the fact that I don't mind spoilers. Every so often, there will be something I'll avoid spoilers on. However, most of the time, I'm actively seeking them out. So yes, I'll listen to these upcoming episodes, even if I haven't seen the episode in question. I did that for your Torchwood and your J, uh, SJA coverage. Turns out that Fugitive of the Jadoon is available for free on BBC America's website, unlike Orphan 55, which requires you to log in with your cable provider. So I'm going to watch it and then give my thoughts on the first half of the season. First, a couple of things. You talk in your last episode about the possibility of other dimensions, and that's where the Ruth Doctor and the new Master come from. You talked about that of the possibility of the fam being part of this other dimension. And those are interesting ideas. Could we be headed for a crisis on infinite Earths sort of thing here? Just watch the Arrowverse one, so I'm a bit in that zone right now. Unfortunately, according to TARDIS Wiki, while Fugitive of the Jadoon left it unclear where this incarnation of the Doctor fits into the Doctor's life, Chris Chibnall confirmed to the Mirror that she is definitely the Doctor. This is not a sort of parallel universe going on. There's no tricks. Which, unfortunately, makes this placement harder and more potentially paradigm-shattering. I'm enjoying it so far, just reached the lighthouse. The Jadoon were done well. I enjoyed the return of Captain Jack. He seemed rather happy and having fun without the dark seriousness of Torchwood. I would have loved for him to have a bigger role, however. Something that occurred to me, and I did look it up to clarify, is Ruth's name. It's either brilliant fan service or lazy fact-checking. The Ruth doctor's name before the reveal is Ruth Bradley. This also happens to be the name of the actress who plays Molly O'Sullivan in the Dark Eyes box sets from Big Finish. Probably just coincidence, but as I said, it's either brilliant fan service or lazy fact-checking. <coughs> Excuse me, I'm sorry. Um, Something that occurred to me, and I did... Oh, well, I just read that. Uh, another theory I've heard is that the Ruth Doctor might fit between Troughton and Pertwee in Season 6B when the Doctor was doing missions for the CIA. Not sure my thoughts on that. Having seen the episode, there's a lot of, what did I just see? Where the heck are they going with this? I'm interested to see what the Timeless Child and Lone Cybermen are revealed to be, and hope the resolutions are closer to RTDs than Moffat's. Right, so I've been rambling a bit, sorry about that. With a lot on my mind with this. Anyway, the final verdict on Fugitive of the Jadoon? Enjoyable. It throws a lot at you with very few answers. I hope we get at least some of them this season. So, the first half of Series 12. I've enjoyed it so far. After the previous season tried so hard to distance itself from the past, this one seems to embrace it with open arms. The Master, Gallifrey, the Jadoon, the Chameleon Arch, Captain Jack. It feels like everything's a callback to the RTD era. YouTuber Steuben, Stu, Stu Bagfuls, that's a mouthful, <laughs> review of Spyfall pointed out a whole bunch. It's definitely been a wild ride with Orphan 55 seemingly an anomaly. Looking forward to where we go from here. Jamie continues. Uh, by the way, Warren Brown, who plays Jake... This is in Praxis. In Praxis. Praxius. Praxius. Uh, is uh, no stranger to the world of Doctor Who. He's been in a lot of big finish, primarily Sam Bishop, in the Kate Stewart unit box sets. And I don't know why my 
phone decided to skip the in-between email <laughs> <laughs> in which he says, uh, by the way, congratulations on the Chiefs winning the Super Bowl. It's Woo-hoo! only taken 50 years, so it's well earned. And they beat the 49ers, who I don't care for that much. As far as Praxius, I haven't seen this one. It's another BBC America website wants you to log in for, but it sounds like it was a good one. The environmental message seems to be handled better this time. The guest characters sound like they're worth investing in, and the companions all get something to do. Looking forward to your coverage on that episode, Jamie. Thank you, Jamie. Thank you, Jamie. I will say, as far as Chibnall confirming to the mirror that she's not an alternate universe, it is the mirror who doesn't have a great track record. I haven't seen him acknowledge that to anybody else. Everybody's reporting what he told, allegedly told the mirror. So, uh, and uh, I mean, not that that there's a chance that the mirror's not right because, they, they, like I said, their track record's about fifty percent right. on their Doctor Who stuff, but. Um, they are a tabloid, and they do tend to write things that are not necessarily always true. Well, and even if... <laughs> not necessarily the news. <laughs> if I were Chibnall and, you know, I was trying to misdirect people, also, I would go to a tabloid and say these lies, and no one would <laughs> people wouldn't necessarily believe them, and it wouldn't damage their credibility because yeah. they don't have good credibility anyways. So it's, you know, you're yeah, not going to admit... Can't... But before cred- the reveal, but, but Chibnall would damage his credibility. Oh, I true. think that's the problem that I see with yeah. that. So if he did, if he did indeed talk to the mayor, then I think that he's not lying. That he is saying that you know the doctors. There's just no way to know. It's for not sure a parallel universe doctor. Yeah. Well, and squeeze. But I also think that if you look at it from a a perspective of parallel universes, as opposed to a. Uh, paradoxal event which is still technically a different universe but not in the sense of like multiverse ideas right, right. so he may be saying this isn't a multiverse doctor this is you know if but could still be a paradoxal that's true uh, doctor which is also multiple you know di- uh, you know alternate universe but and kind of falls into the no tricks right trick. exactly but. so I kind of like the idea of it being sandwiched into that season 6B, um, but I still think that poses potential problems for numbering and, and I don't, things down the road. Even yeah, if, well, I mean, Moffat did that. Out, you know. <laughs> Moffat did that, too, but I don't see them doing, I don't see them putting her in season 6B, though. I don't see that doing that kind of thing. If, if, it's a little if, too in If fan. anything, it'll, it would be a different, they, they would be, I think it would be sandwiched newer than older if you were if if he were to actually do it. So yeah, we'll find out. We'll oh find yeah, out. hopefully I'm, time will tell. <laughs> I'm not going to fully believe whatever Chidmel says until it's revealed on the actual show right, what's going right, on, right. anyways. Although so. he's done a good job of not having to lie to us, he just hasn't told us what's happening yet. So. Right, <laughs> roll one lies Moffat of admission. Lies. That's the, that that was Moffat's tactic. Moffat would blatantly r- lie and troll fans about things. Chibnall <laughs> has just been really coy, and this season has been really good about keeping holding all of his cards to his chest. Yeah. So. I appreciate that. Mm-hmm. Honestly, that's another reason to suspect the mirror is. Why would he come out and say before the show actually reveals? I yeah. mean, what's yeah. going on yeah. with this doctor? They, 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 they've held on to all of these big reveals that have happened thus far this season. And now you're telling me he's going to come out and defend one of those choices and go, oh, no, 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 it's not an alternate universe. Nah, yeah, I don't buy this it. Seems, I mean, if, if, he had, if he had gone on the circuit and told a bunch of other 
papers that, then I yeah. would go, okay, well, then he's, I, yeah, yeah, that's confirmed. But <laughs> confirming to the mirror is not confirming anything. <laughs> All right, did, well. Did, did you hear the big news? That, the big uh, news? Traveling the Vortex confirmed to the mirror that they are changing their name <laughs> to <laughs> Three Idiots Roaming. Yeah. That was confirmed by the mirror. Confirmed by the mirror. Confirmed it. Other feedback comes from Holly. She writes, "Hey guys, interesting episode. The whole thing about the astro- with astronaut Adam was interesting. For a minute at the beginning of the episode, I thought either Yaz or Graham was going to pull out some psychic paper to show they were top secret agents of some sort. The pathogen that Adam was infected with looks very nasty. I was beginning to like Suki, and the doctor is right. She is a sucker for scientists." <laughs> Almost laughing typing this on my phone when I started to type in scientists, it came up with Scorby as one of the <laughs> options. <laughs> Scorby, the farthest thing from a scientist, okay. but. Jake helping pilot one of the ships I didn't see coming to help with the antidotes. Very glad the doctor was able to save Jake. The previews for next week's episode look very interesting. I'll wrap it up here. Holly from Wisconsin. Thank, Thank you, Holly. Holly. Thanks, Holly. Our review. Our review. Our review. Our review. All right, let's move on to our reviews. (laughs) (laughs) Team TARDIS investigate the connection between a missing astronaut in the Indian Ocean, birds behaving strangely in Peru, and a naval and a U.S. naval officer who washes up on a Madagascan beach. Very good synopsis. I mean, it's (laughs) accurate, but it's it's not very exciting. I liked it. I liked this episode. I thought it was fine. I was um, nothing to write home about, but nothing to be disappointed about either. It was um, intriguing, and and I think there was a lot of suspense going on, especially in the first part when you weren't quite sure what was going on. I think the first half of the episode does a really good job of giving everybody something to do while also piling on other characters in this story, which I think they handled really well. It was, uh, you know, when when you throw this many people into a story... Sometimes you, you know, run up against the possibility of, of, of cramming it full of too many people. Mm-hmm. And I really felt like everybody kind of had something to do in this. Um, quite surprisingly. T- yeah. Quite surprisingly. Quite honestly. Especially I mean, I since not we're expecting them to pull it off. We've been complaining this season about our companions not having enough to do. And then you start throwing other things. If anything, it. there were probably a couple of supporting cast that could have been not included. But their involvement was just so minimal that it wasn't that big of a deal. That it, Because it wasn't one of the main cast relegated to that, it worked to its benefits. It felt very much like um, the inclusion of some of the, uh, the, the, the smaller characters that actually didn't wind up having much to do with the story, I think kind of helped it feel a little bigger. I mean, obviously we've got some world hopping going on, so there's, a, a, you know... So a lot of globe trotting, and yeah. that that definitely opens up the scope of it. But um, the, these other characters were kind of just enough flavor for the enrichment of the important character. Uh-huh. You mm-hmm. know, um, it, it yeah. kind of gave them it just just grounded them a little bit more, made them a little more real, and then we moved on with that person. 
And I thought the overall plot with the virus and the motivation behind the virus, I thought was well thought out and it didn't feel like it didn't feel rushed. It didn't feel tacked on the motivation for why this was happening. I felt thought was both, you know, you, they almost start to get you with a, Oh, this wasn't, you almost start to feel sympathetic for, Suki and her species and then realize then you get to the realization that oh no they chose earth because of this right because of and it makes it it swings you both directions all in one scene I, I really appreciated that and the fact that you know we know why they were doing this so many times we've especially in Chibnall's run the villains motivations have been kind of nebulous of why why did you do this right this was very clear and i like that a lot about it i also like the fact that i don't know that you can necessarily be unsympathetic about it I mean, yes it's presented oh you picked earth you know how dare As a petri you? dish there, 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 there's kind of that tone in the doctor's voice but realistically earth had plastic you know it was this it had the trash and what we it had what we need how often do Earth scientists inject mice with things because, well, this is That's how we're true. going to learn things. I mean, to, to, to this alien species, we're mice. <laughs> I mean, realistically, it's not necessarily that big a leap to make. That it, it's not it's not um, malevolent. It's just yeah, it's morally gray, which I thought was yeah, which I appreciated. Now, I'll be honest, I, I definitely feel like I need a rewatch on this one because I don't know if it was the exhaustion from uh, the, the Super Bowl <laughs> kicking in or not, but I didn't get the episode until today. And I felt like I was having trouble keeping up with it because um, the, the first half especially is so breakneck paced. Well, it's it's very frantic. The whole mm-hmm. the whole the whole uh, episode goes at a frantic pace, which I kind of liked because yeah. it's it's it, it's captivating. It keeps your attention the entire yeah. time. But I also felt like there were things that maybe were flying over my head because I wasn't quite in step enough to be frantic with them. Well, I think the frantic place pace um, made it suffer from being able to do a lot of throwaways, like who contacted, uh, who did, uh, yeah, who, was it really Adam that called, um, what's his name, the, oh, his yeah. husband? Because... Then when he get when the guy gets there, he seems very Adam seems very surprised that he's there. How what are you doing here? You know, right. and so they never really explain. There's a lot of little things that loose ends that don't necessarily yeah. get tied up. Yeah, and and so maybe that's where I'm. If I have a negative, it's maybe that's those kind of things that I'm. I was too tired to really think my way through those loose ends, and so I just kind of let it go. Which, you know, again, there's not, nothing necessarily wrong with that. I don't need to have everything spelled out for me. But um, I definitely feel like I need a rewatch just to make sure that I understood everything that I was given. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think one of the reasons this episode also works is while it has a political message, it's a message we've gotten before. Yeah. With the dangers of plastics. You know, it's a different kind of message about it, but it's still... It, it's much more focused on the Earth part as opposed to, you know, they're going to come to life and kill us. But it's kind of a similar... <laughs> nice auton name Yeah, drop. I love the uh, yeah. auton drop. But it's still a kind of a similar theme and idea just taken to 
the modern times. And I think that worked really well for it. It did. I think it, 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 it skirts up on the edge of being preachy, but it doesn't quite get there. Yeah. And so I kind of appreciated that, especially as preachy as like the last two series have been. Yeah. And people have been crying foul. And I'm sure people will cry foul all over this one as well, but... Uh, I I didn't feel like this, you know. It, it does there's that. been some times where I felt like things were ham-fisted, but this one I didn't feel like it was. It, it does that classic Doctor Who thing of making everyday things scary to you, where they've taken plastic and turned it into a virus, and look at this new level of plastic that you've never thought of before. Well, but the plastic wasn't the virus. Well, no, the, 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 the virus, virus fed on the fed plastic. On the pla- yeah, yeah, but you know, right? It's you know, taking the Auton idea to the kind of the next level. And it's almost a shame it wasn't the nesting consciousness doing this because it could have been a nice new evolution of that character as a villain. I kind of had that thought myself while I, I enjoyed the fact that, again, it's just a virus. It's, you know, it's the Andromeda strain. There's nothing uh, decision-making, well, unless it's, you know, the, 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 the spawn uh, or swarm. Uh, yeah. <laughs> unless it's that thing. Um, there's, there's nothing, uh, decision-making about uh, what a virus does. It just does. Yeah. And so that was kind of cool. But at the same time, I agree with you because I think had it been the nesting consciousness now evolving and doing something with a virus in order to, to propagate itself, that's kind of like the great intelligence taking over Wi-Fi. It's one of those very intuitive leaps of, oh, okay. Yeah, cool. And, uh, so it could have been. Could have been a neat idea, but as it was, I still think it works great. Yeah, I think so, too. I think it needed to be its own thing, and I'm kind of glad that we got the Auton drop, but didn't we didn't go there with that, so. Yeah, I liked, no, it didn't, I liked didn't, it didn't, didn't need thing. to be. It just uh, it, it, you know, would have been the, an interesting way to take it. Yeah. I uh, very much, once again, appreciated... <laughs> Ram, uh, Ryan and Graham. I did it again. Ram, uh, <laughs> Ryan and Graham for being the uh, voices of confusion, <laughs> as it were, and needing to have things spelled out for him, which was a lot of fun. And is it okay that I don't know what pathogen means? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's okay because I'm just gonna ask. I'm glad you I'm asked. Gonna, I'm glad you to. asked because I, I didn't have to. And I, I felt, once again, we kind of went right up to the line with Yaz with, you know, okay, here's this guy and he's a, you know, a cop, but he's on, a, on sabbatical, as it were. And I don't go around, you know, announcing that. I, and I kind of thought we were going to get just a little bit more of of that, that maybe they were going to have a, a some kind of connection and she was going to, yeah, because we don't, we, don't, we don't know why he's not on duty. Yeah, that, that was another thing they did not... We can uh, assume it's because of the breakup. That was but, another yeah. thing they did not yeah. tell us. But he's so desperate to continue to be a cop, that almost seems more like, well, something more serious happened at work, and we didn't go into it. Which one of you was brought up the idea that you were worried that they were going to kill Yaz off? Was that I you? I was, yeah. I wish you hadn't done that, because <laughs> I was watching this, and she's going to go through that thing, and I thought... Oh, this is where she's going to... And then I thought she was going to get on that ship and sacrifice that. It ended up being what's-his-name, yeah. but the, the, the ex-cop. But uh, 
I, this whole episode, I kept thinking, oh my gosh, you're going to kill off Yaz. <laughs> and you planted that seed. I probably wouldn't have been as worried in watching this. Well, well now you're a, more emotionally invested. I am. Yeah, I guess so. She had a lot of those moments, too. She oh, did. There, were, there was a thing back there I got to go back for. Right. And the doctor's like, that was my first eh. thought. Yeah, mine too. <laughs> and then she's going to go through the thing. And then she's on this, well, where she thinks she's on another planet. <laughs> we're we're going to oh. follow that through that teleport, huh? Yep. Oh, that's a bad idea. <laughs> <laughs> this thing's got a gas mask on. Don't you think maybe that the environment you're going to is poisonous to humans? I don't know. Probably not oxygen. Didn't think that one through. Okay. Hey, we're on another planet. But we're not really at the <laughs> bottom of the not. Indian Ocean. I like yeah. the fact that she took those leaps and, as you know, she's thinking these things through and trying to figure out how to take care of things without the doctor telling her, hey, go take care of this. Yes, hey, go take care of that. That's what I liked about and this. And that's kind of what Ryan and Graham have fallen back to, unless they're literally on their own, like Ryan was, to pick up the crow, they're literally just waiting for the doctor to tell them something to do. Well, and she gives him praise for thinking about that, too. So. Yeah. Uh, while also saying that, that uh, she, wondered, she, yeah, she, <laughs> she wondered why he smelled bad. Um, I thought you changed your body wash. The, uh, I, I also like the... Although it, it's a bit of a stretch, I also like first of all giving Ryan, Ryan something to do by you know Ryan, can you? I want you to dissect it, and he was like, looks at her like, what? But <laughs> well, you can do it right. You obviously you've done. It. Surely you did it at school. It doesn't have to be great. <laughs> well, that's good. It doesn't have to be great. <laughs> good, it's not gonna be. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so and I like the fact that he didn't. Yeah. Okay. And just yeah, immediately just, grabbed just the gloves did. and was and, gonna go into it. And right up to when they're they're engineering that ship so they can fly the uh, the uh, antidote into. The atmosphere. Each one of them getting a task to do, I actually bought that. Yeah. Be- even though you you would look and at that grand. and go, "How would you even know what you're doing there?" But it's almost like she was able to just give them a rudimentary, you know, a rudimentary yeah. uh, amount of information, and they were able to do a rudimentary amount of stuff in order to make everything work. And I believed that, and I think that was that was well done. And then Graham not quite getting it and having <laughs> started to do it wrong. Right. Yeah. Oh, I think the best was when he says, "What we're looking the, the the signal is coming from right behind that wall." And yes, turns it around and goes, "The signal that we're looking for is coming from right behind that door." <laughs> well, what's great about Graham's character also is he has all these hilarious moments, and then he has that nice that touching was, moment, those nice he, sage advice moments where he talks, and you can see the. The weight of Grace's death is still on him. Yep. The the fact that uh, Bradley Walsh is able to pull off both in the same episode, yeah, I'm, I I'm through. I continue to be impressed by him. And unlike some characters that we've gotten who who feel like they've become you know the the comedic expense at, or uh, not at all. comic relief at the expense <laughs> of of their character, Graham never feels like they've pushed too far into that. Yeah. Oh my God, you're an idiot. Uh, you know, because he maybe it's just because he's so endearing, but um, yeah, I, I think they still find ways to bring that balance to his character. Which I, is, I think a lot of that comes down to Bradley Walsh's performance of it too. I think so too. He, he's, he's able to carry it. He's able. He has that gravitas to, in order to to carry both of those loads. Well, I think some of, to what Sean was saying, some of that is also because they split some of the quote unquote idiot lines with Ryan. Yeah. So it's not all Graham being not understanding things. It's the two of them together, not understanding things together. So it doesn't make Graham seem as stupid because yeah. he's not the only one not getting everything. Uh, is it, 
it was it Ram? Is that what you said? Ram or, or Grind? Yeah. <laughs> you know, Ryan and Graham. Ram. <laughs> oh, why isn't it Grind? Hmm? Why isn't it Grind? Because that's hard to say. Because <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's not Graham and Ryan. It's Ryan and Graham. <laughs> um. Oh, I had somewhere I was going to go with that. Now I've been derailed. <laughs> Thanks, Glenn. <laughs> oh, okay. So here's here's the the most the linchpin of the I don't believe this for one second is the yeah. Let's go ahead and pitch a tent and camp out in the trash. <laughs> <laughs> when when she looked at her and says, "We are not spending the night here," I went, "You go, girl." And then there's this tent in the campfire, and I went, oh, no way. <laughs> there is absolutely no way. None. No. Uh, I only I, I, I bought it since they do a travel uh, vlog, and I, I really kind of felt like, yeah, Once that I seems like that, something that you would do for the sake of the vlog. You, yeah, we, we went to this what was once a beautiful lake, and it's completely, you know, polluted with trash now and to make it even more impactful as far as something that you're videoing for a blog you stay there as okay well. put, putting it in that context yes now if, i can if believe they, it's a, that it's that a it total subtext thing yeah it, well, if they were on, just campers and they were exploring yeah then, yeah but I, I, but, but putting that vlog element to it i think i, I would have needed to have had a scene with one of them Video. Vlogging it, yeah. if, if instead of being woken up by a strange noise, if the girl had gone out first thing in the morning with her, her phone and said, "Well, this was supposed to be this, you know, great." I don't spot. think she would have done it though, because she was just she, yeah, was, she was disappointed she, she that was they had happy. stayed. Well, I think the fact that you see them with the screen initially, and then later, what's her face asks Ryan, and then Yaz, "Oh, you've never heard of me?" Yeah, yeah. that that's what sold it to me. Yeah. Of oh, that's why they camped out. Yeah. Is, yeah, and, and I didn't even make that connection until. Yeah. Until now, when Glenn brought it up, so yeah. I can I, okay, I'll let it go. I watch a lot of travel <laughs> vlogs too, and they get in some really weird situations. Anything I think. for those downloads? Yeah, I would. I would. I wouldn't have stayed at that little hotel, but that you did because you got all those clicks. Yeah. Yep. Hmm. I guess I'm missing out on. Uh... <laughs> I, I you should... go through. You go down a YouTube rabbit hole, Sean. Something <laughs> something gets suggested to you, and you go, "Yeah, I like Amtrak trains. I haven't, I haven't been on an Amtrak train for a long time." And so you watch a guy who travels Amtrak because he travels some continental car. And then after you've watched that, you think, "Well, that'd be fun. I sure travel by train for a long time." And then you're suddenly you got in the recommendation. Some guy did, tried out a first class car. On an Amtrak, and I had the first class car. I didn't even know they had them, so I watched the video. <laughs> and after I'm done with that, I get another suggestion. And then it's it's some guy and a gal that's traveling to every country in the U.S. over two or the in the world over two years, and they're riding this. And the reason I get them is because they're taking the Siberian uh, transit across Siberia all the way to Moscow. And so I sit and I watch that. Well, that one's like a six part series. Well, I watched the first one, so now I've got to watch all six parts. <laughs> This is this is why, and because you, it's you are a, behind on good plays. And because it's a couple, <laughs> and because Disney it's shows. a couple that's traveling together, I get a recommendation for these got these this got this couple that go try out pod hotels in uh, Japan, and I watch four of the five of those because I'm thinking, who can stay in one of these? But they do. 
And then my new thing is now that I'm on the now I'm in Japan, I'm grounded with Japan videos. Now I'm getting all of these videos of Japanese vending machines. It's a culture there. They have a vending machine for everything in Japan. And so now I'm watching all of these weird vending machines. And this guy eating cheeseburgers vended out of a machine. And ramen noodles and, and cup of soup. and, and uh, It's crazy. <laughs> light bulbs. Light bulbs. Vending machines for light, light bulbs. bulbs. No. Oh, okay. Canned bread. Canned. Did you know there was such a thing? Canned <laughs> I, bread. I, no, I didn't. I feel. That, <laughs> first, first of all, I, our I, next podcast I, is going to well, be. It's, it's funny you say it's that. Roaming. <laughs> Three, it's roaming. First of all, anytime my YouTubing leads me down a rabbit hole, it usually ends in disappointment. <laughs> because I'm watching YouTube like Doctor Who opens. <laughs> I'm like, oh, cool. Oh, here's a music video that somebody put all the opens together, and I'll sit there for 20 minutes watching everything I've already seen. And then the next recommendation is, well, maybe if you like that, you'll like, here's 20 fake Doctor Who opens from fans. Okay, I'll watch that. <coughs> and inevitably, it winds up coming up with a really terrible video that I had no interest in anyway, and I think, why am I doing this? And I turn it off. I am now extremely jealous <laughs> that you seem to find cool stuff on your YouTube searches. I'm not searching anything. I'm just it's the normal algorithm of it. But, but listening just... to this, <laughs> I am one, once again, we were just ahead of the times because what you just did was seven minutes of garbage. <laughs> we just needed YouTube. That was the You're missing exactly link right. for You're that exactly podcast. Right. Uh, That's an old joke, guys. Look long it up. Long-time <laughs> listeners will get that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and now I kind of want to do that. <laughs> uh, we can do a podcast on that. Somebody called Dave. <laughs> <laughs> you guys ain't got anything on that since we've completely tangented off of this story. Hey, 3D, it's roaming. <laughs> you roamed all over the place. Uh, I'm not going to be able to edit this one, am I? Well, what do we got coming up on the schedule, Sean? Well, as always, coming up on the schedule. As always? As always. For the next um, th- six? Four more weeks. Four more weeks. Uh, as always, the next episode of Doctor Who is on the schedule, uh, which I don't have a title. Glenn, or, uh, Keith, do you have a title? Can you hear me? Yeah. Uh-oh. Yeah, I can hear you. Can okay. you hear? Do you yeah. have the title? Can you hear me? Yeah, I already said your mic's working. Do you have the title? Can you hear me? <laughs> <laughs> Can you hear me now? No. <laughs> I am as scared. It's <laughs> not a good title. But we'll see. We'll see, see the next time. It looks scary. Yeah, well. We actually got a next time on this one. So, Is it written by the same guy that wrote It Takes You Away? I hope not. <laughs> no, but this episode tonight was written by the guy he's who wrote for two. Lamb. Oh, well. Really? Yeah, so he redeemed himself. All right. Oh, this one This, was. One, this one. Oh, okay. Good, good, good. I don't yeah. know who. Yeah, 50-50. He, did. 50. All he right. did. All right. He's one and one. The other guy's 0 and 2. Yeah, because he wrote uh, Orphan 55. Orphan 55. That falls in the echelons of Fear Her and Oh, now I don't know about that. Oh, yeah. Fear Her is a whole other <laughs> level of... <laughs> Uh, Orphan 55 is down there. Oof. 
I don't know. That maybe that'll that'll make a great tartar sauce discussion. Because <laughs> we we can get a little negative on that one. Yeah. <laughs> All right, well, be sure to check out our website, TravelingVortex.com, for updates on this podcast. And uh, be sure to check out um, Tartar Sauce, speaking of, uh, over on Sci-Fi For Me TV on YouTube. You can find them over there. You can also go to SciFiForMe.com, and I'll get you to that link as well. Um, and we uh, do that podcast with those guys over there. And uh, we've also been doing some reviews, so maybe a little different take on uh, these episodes that we've been uh, reviewing on here. We kind of, I kind of say the same thing every time I'm on there, but uh, I'll, you know, I'll rewatch it again before. Uh, yeah, there you go. There's some. There's some. <laughs> sometimes we'll give some insight over there that you may not have heard on here. So be sure you're checking those out. Uh, while you're on our website, be sure and click on Patreon and uh, consider supporting us. And remember, you can send your comments and feedback to feedback at travelingthefortex.com or by clicking on the send feedback link on that website. Can we revise that statement instead of saying? You can click on the Patreon link and consider supporting us. Can we say you can consider supporting us and then click on the Patreon link and please do so? (laughs) (laughs) Valid point. That's true. Uh, Well, if that's going to do it for this time, until next time, I'm Glenn. I'm Sean. I'm Keith. Cheers. Good night, everybody. Be seeing you. Thanks for listening to us, Rome. (laughs) Rome, if If you you want want to. to. Roam around the world. Roam if you want to. Without wheels, without wings. Sure. Roam <laughs> if you want to. It's not Love Shack. I'm not as familiar with it. <laughs> you have been listening to Traveling the Vortex. Doctor Who and all of its associated programs are owned and trademarked by the BBC. No infringement is intended or implied.